After all things said and done, the British pound has actually had a couple pretty good weeks. And this morning, we're capping it off with the new prime minister. Jeff Kleintop joins us, the chief global investment strategist at Charles Schwab for a look across the pond. Dollars down this morning. British pound is strong, and it's actually turning out to be a couple pretty good weeks here, uh, Jeff, for the pound. So I guess crisis averted? Well, look, the UK still faces a recession, high inflation, and a hawkish central bank. But look, it's not Rishi Sunak that's running the UK. The markets are now in charge. It was the currency and bond markets that forced this change in fiscal trajectory and leadership in the UK. And I think the pound is welcoming the idea that, hey, markets are now in charge. They're going to dictate the path for fiscal policy in the UK and the sustainability of that. And I think that's probably welcome news for investors who are used to reacting to policy changes and not driving them. And the UK may not be the only place that we might start to see these markets assert themselves on policymakers. So the uh, crazy, crazy swings here. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm like thinking one of my favorite movies, the Coen brothers uh, uh, burn after reading at the end where they're like, what did we learn here? I'm kind of asking the same thing. What did we learn here, Jeff? Yeah, I, I mean, look at this the, the incredible swings. This is just the daily volatility in the 10-year in the uh, uh, bond market in the UK. Huge numbers. I think what we've learned is that markets do eventually push back. And one of the things that I think we've got to reflect on is this isn't just about the politics of the UK and its unique situation. We're seeing it right now in Japan. The currency continues to dramatically weaken and suggests that the BOJ or, or the Ministry of, uh, of, uh, of Finance in, in Japan is going to need to do something. Maybe yield curve control has to give. Maybe that ban needs to widen. The market is attempting to force policymakers to make a change there. Here you can see that ban, that gray area where policymakers are trying to keep yields restrained, that yellow line. But that blue line there is just taken off, disconnected, saying you got to raise rates. You've got to allow the, uh, the bond market to react here. And there are other places we're seeing this too. You know, we might even see it with the Fed markets, uh, the currency markets, the, the soaring dollar attempting to force a change in direction at the Fed. And maybe we're seeing it with rising debt levels as well. We know debt levels are out of control around the world. And with rising interest rates, maybe we're finally getting to the point where that's going to begin to bite and force policymakers to rein in some of that fiscal uh, flagrancy. So as we're looking as traders kind of in this short to intermediate term, Jeff, uh, if we didn't get an explosive move in rates the last couple of weeks, uh, do we have potentially a calm here uh, that might envelop? Because uh, the bond market made its move, it seems like, and things have actually calmed down a little bit uh, in the last, uh, call it 15 days or so. So if, uh, if we didn't have a you know, monster spike on our own bond implosion, I mean, as we saw in your chart of the 30-year for gilts, the UK did. Uh, are we that disconnected enough? Or if the UK's worst is passed, does that mean ours is as well? Uh, it's possible. There Obviously, there are going to be a couple signposts here in the next week or so. One might be tomorrow. The Bank of Canada is meeting tomorrow when it comes to hiking rates. And, you know, I think that we'll have to see what they do. If they go 75, but then indicate 
they're going to slow things down and go 25 basis points after that. That's currently what's priced in to the forward markets. Uh, I think that will be a sign that maybe enough has been done and the markets uh, demanding a downshift in the pace of uh, rate, high, rate hike activity might feel like they've been successful. And of course, we'll have to see a follow through there from the Fed uh, in early November. But I think that's key. And that's what's next. Do we start to see some response by policymakers to the market actions that have already taken place? Okay. So as we uh, have this blackout period from the Fed, um, it's uh, far from a blackout uh, period for uh, news flow in the UK, but maybe we can kind of start thinking about the future here. I guess uh, we should maybe take it easy on like fiscally supportive loose policies, because that's kind of what lit the fire over there was the potential tax change. Uh, I mean, does that mean we should also expect our own uh, policymakers here to be potentially a little bit more stringent in what they try and spend? Because we got midterms coming up. We're going to start hearing about who's going to print uh, more. Uh, are we going to default back to that conversation? It's possible. I, I think the, the broader takeaway is that uh, markets are starting to call the shots here. And, and yeah, I, I think to some extent on fiscal policy, uh, maybe as I mentioned, central banks as well. But you know, you can even see it in China. You know, The leader of Shanghai oversaw an economically disastrous lockdown earlier this year, and then was given the second most powerful position in China. Well, that didn't, that didn't go too well in the markets, right? We saw a big sell-off in Hong Kong in response to that. So pushing back a little bit and saying, hey, we don't like this trajectory. We want you to learn from your mistakes, whether they're fiscal or economic or related to COVID policy. And when you don't learn, we're going to punish you. And, and I think that's what we're seeing. So if, if we're starting to see an evolution in thought with regard to the central banks, that they're maybe going to begin to slow their pace of rate hikes after we get the next one, if we're starting to see yeah a little bit more fiscal responsibility come into place in a number of key governments around the world, uh, and maybe an acknowledgement around you know some of these policy decisions that have not been particularly fruitful, then I think the markets are going to remain calm and, and we might see some stability here. If not, if it looks like we continue to get very hawkish messages from central banks, that's off the table. If China continues to double down on its zero COVID policy, and you continue to hear, you know, there's still a 30 billion euro or 30 billion pound budget gap in the UK. And if they don't address that, markets could flare back up again. So this makes it challenging for investors, right? Because once you start to see some of these turning points with the markets in charge, they welcome that and begin to rally. But at any point, policymakers could push back as well. So it's this push and pull. It creates this really, really volatile environment that we're in right now. And uh, it seems like you would argue, Jeff, that uh, even if maybe some of the worst political mayhem is passed uh, now, that generally, whether it's the UK, broader Europe, or here, uh, we should still be expecting recessionary type economic figures. The data's kind of already rolled over. Yesterday's um, uh, PMI was not a pretty one here, sub 50. Yeah, that's right. And, and that's uh, that's bad news for a recession in earnings as well. I know the numbers have been coming in pretty well, but you've got to remember this season, we've seen uh, you know 11% uh, expectation for earnings growth at the start of the third quarter. We're now looking at 3%. Companies are beating, but they're nowhere near uh, looking as, as strong as they had, had hoped going into the quarter. And I think with the new orders component of that PMI index that came out yesterday in the US and elsewhere, really slumping down 45, I think it was here in the US, really suggesting further downside to earnings estimates. 
estimates. You can see in the chart, tighter financial conditions uh, around the world that continues. So all these leading indicators pointing to further uh, a, a deeper recession in the It's fairly mild so far here and abroad that might continue to deepen as we get into the fourth quarter. And that's probably some bad news for earnings as we look out to Q4 results as well. Okay. All right. Uh, does this uh, uh, suggest that uh, we've got a long time frame here for uh, the dollar to keep weakening up uh, as uh, we put all this together, Jeff, that's really been our focal point as uh, equity investors here trading inverse the dollar since the dollar has been kind of soft the last couple of weeks as uh, the UK's figured out their situation. Uh, does that look temporary or is there potentially here uh, maybe some runway for the dollar to to relax a little bit? There's some potential, uh, although I think it'll be choppy. Look, the euro, the eurozone is actually doing so well here with regard to its energy situation that natural gas prices are plunging. In fact, for uh, I think an hour or so yesterday, natural gas actually dipped negative. Remember when oil uh, futures turned negative uh, about uh, back in 2020 during a recession and a lack of storage? Well, we're seeing that now. Storage is completely full for natural gas in Europe. Temperatures are warm, and so in the near term, you're actually getting these dips. So energy prices coming down dramatically can really help uh, the Eurozone situation here and its economic outlook. And that's like some support to the Euro. So you can see this sort of push-pull here as, as the uh, maybe the dollar begins to find its peak in strength. But so much will depend on what we hear from the central banks at their upcoming meetings here over the next couple of weeks, that that's probably the bigger driver of where the dollar ends up going rather than, uh, than these sort of economic fundamentals, which are still broadly pretty weak. Okay. Uh, great assessment here. Lots to keep track of. Uh, everywhere, but lately it does seem like it's been a little bit more complicated uh, over there, you know? That's so sure. uh, we're glad to have you, Jeff, to help us understand it and figure it out. Appreciate it, sir. Thank Bye you very much. Thanks for having me. Jeff Kleintop, Chief Global Investment Strategist at Charles Schwab.